Are we finally starting? Is it we recording? Are rolling. Okay. That's not that's for like movies. Rolling. Live? Action. I don't know. Um Are we keeping this in? <laughs> oh, that was ugly, I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, um, so hello everyone, and welcome to episode one, the debut episode of Pedagogy of the Depressed. You did this so formally. <laughs> I just, I cannot. If you object, you can do your own. I'm not going to do my own. That was fine. It was just very formal. Like, I feel like we have to have an official conversation. Hey, this is uh, Yvette. And this is May. And this is Pedagogy of the Depressed. This here podcast that we decided to make. Why did we decide to do a podcast, Yvette? Well, it started off in um, Ed 100 class. No, what class did we have together? Was that when we were put into cohorts? Yes. Anyway, so we became friends in college. And as we've grown into people and teachers and, I don't know. we've Independent adults? Yes, independent adults. We have become dependent on one another. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Are you kidding? No, that's real. <laughs> so we've been friends since college and we sort of ended up living together and going through this teacher life together and I feel like our I don't know we have this like weird thing our lives going are intertwined yeah they're like weirdly intertwined and also like it's not like weird. living parallel existences she says it's weird but it's really not okay it's really not weird it's other just... people are weirded out by this I'll admit that like that one person who was like I mean, that one person does not matter. We I'm sure there's other people who have been weirded out by this, but have been too. I feel like most people that we run into now think that it's cool. Yeah, that's right. They're like all the oh, people who come. I wish I cool. had a friend like that. That's right. Yeah, we are friendship goals. Friendship goals, bitches. Anyway, so we decided to do this podcast because I don't know. I feel like new teachers don't have outlets. We don't outlets for conversation. Sorry, did I interrupt yes. you? No, no, no. I was just, well, yes and no. Um, I was going to say, I feel like a lot of the outlets that we do have are outlets that have been created for us by the systems that are really fucking up our lives. Like yeah. the new teacher cohort. Like, I'm <laughs> not going to go to that. No, I feel like those spaces are like. Like there's no mentorship on, they look good on the outside but they do really they're not very helpful they're no. like a waste of time um so i feel like our most productive conversations happen between each other mm-hmm. so why not uh record those conversations for posterity that's right i was thinking about this today and i was just like why why do i like podcasts first of all and then why do i want to do a podcast so i was just like you know, when I was in school, I took an African-American history class, not to, like, historicize this, but we talked about oral tradition, and 
<laughs> don't look word. at me like that i think about a lot of things we talked about oral traditions and i feel like that's part of the reason why i think podcasts are so cool because a lot of podcasts are you know storytelling storytelling basically so it's like you sit down with people and let them tell you stories or listen to them have a conversation and you feel part of the conversation too and mm-hmm. So we're kind of like inviting y'all into our space and our conversations because I feel like we have pretty dope conversations in general. Oh, yeah, we do. For yeah. Sure. Um, so that's like the joint purpose of the podcast. Um, and I think you want to talk about like individual. I kind of said my individual reason. So like jointly is kind of like conversations among new teachers and just mm-hmm navigating god life teaching yeah depression Um, (laughs) personally i would like to say like the same but also put just a little bit more detail in it um i i think a podcast is a good opportunity to give myself voice instead of just looking for like a time to jump in and like snatch a mic somewhere yeah which i have done a few times <laughs> over the strike ironically like literally snatched a mic like this is not happening anymore this yeah. is happening oh i feel like i feel I like the I've great thing about, about a those. podcast too when speaking of voice yeah is that it's a chance for us to speak without someone else like filtering our words because mm-hmm. i know during the strike anytime I talked to a reporter or talked to anyone. I felt like stay a message. I felt yeah. I feel like other people were controlling what Sorry I what I needed to say, or I didn't feel like I felt like oh I don't want to say the wrong thing, or you know I don't want to like convolute what we're trying to convey. Like it was very much like a collective message and mm-hmm. not like a personal thing. So I feel like this is our space to kind of discuss the things that we want to without being for lack of a better word policed yeah yeah and this is like the perfect way to do it because right here it's just me and you talking and we're only talking about ourselves and from our from our own perspectives yeah so um we're gonna get into our first like topic of discussion when we decided to do this podcast um we talked about like what kinds of things do we want to talk about what kind of things do we want to address and obviously when we talked about the very first episode we both of course were like we're gonna talk about the strike because that is the biggest thing that's been happening in our lives lately as teachers oh um before before we jump into discussion yes we should probably mention I mean, where the name comes from, right? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Before we blow into that, like, yeah, it's a very important like, point. What, probably clicked on this, like, what yeah. the heck are they going to talk about? Yeah. Anyway, so um, our name kind of just came out of, like, we were mm, literally sitting sirens. on the living room floor just like, what should we name our podcast? So we came up with this list of just throwing things out there. Mm-hmm. It was like two teachers, educations, like something that reflected like who we saw ourselves as and mm-hmm. like bi- literally what this podcast is about. So 
Um, it's obviously a play on um, on pedagogy, pedagogy of, of the oppressed, oppressed which yeah. is we're in school was like the end all be all of talking about education and theory education theory especially when you talk about like serving lower income communities and all that Mm -hmm. stuff so um and i mean i don't keep it any secret that i struggle with um, depression and um it's kind of part of my life right now and it's also part of a life we're just kind of sharing in this experience which i feel like is also a common experience for people our age and in our position that are like starting out and trying to figure out everything that's going on yeah i think this um, capitalist existence depression is like a symptom of our collective suffering that's true that Um, was a lot sorry y'all no no that was needed um I also would like to add on to that and say that um, when I got involved in education, like when we first started doing our observation hours, I remember observing, like, obviously the teachers, but like not just their practices as teachers, but who they were as people. And I remember seeing like... Like how they're existing how they're existing, how they're how they're going through being a teacher, you know, what they do as humans. And I remember witnessing a lot of, like, what seemed to be symptoms of depression. Yeah. And as I got to know more teachers, um, because when you first start out doing your observations, like, there are some cooperative, cooperating slash mentor teachers who will just, like, take you right in and they they treat you like a colleague and there are some that will keep you like at arm's length and be like, you know, you're here to learn. Um, like there's, and then there's other kinds, but as I became more involved in the profession, I got to know these people more closely and I like saw more and more confirmation of like, man, there's teachers out here who are just depressed and don't know it. We're all struggling. Yeah. It's like part of the job. Yeah. And I guess to add on to like reasons that I wanted to do a podcast is because I'm very much a um, advocate of destigmatizing mental illness, mental health issues, people struggling with mental health issues or not even struggling, but just dealing with them however they're dealing with them. Um, mm-hmm. So we call this podcast Pedagogy of the Depressed because <laughs> we both chuckled. We when did. I when I mentioned it because it's just like it's so perfect, honestly. Because, uh, yeah, we wanted something that was us and that was teaching, and it's perfect. Um, and we're just starting out, but I think it'll be a great name for the lifetime of this project. Yeah, we're teaching and we're also learning. So pedagogy of the the press just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Now that we discussed the name, let's. I'm surprised that I remember this train of thought, but mm-hmm. we took a little segue into the name, and now we're going to go back to talking about the strike. So I just wanted to kind of discuss the strike sort of from your perspective, like the build-up to it, the actual strike itself, and then post-strike how you feel like things played out so like so in like a shortened version talk about okay. kind of like 
So we don't want to talk about how like we led up to the vote or do we where do we do we want to start at the strike authorization when did the strike get real for you when were you like oh my god we're going on strike um i think it was real at the beginning of this year when i started the school year yeah the beginning of this school year which is school year 1920 um 2019 to 2020 in case there's any non-teachers listening to this (laughs) in case there's any non-teachers at the beginning of the school year in september yes um i remember seeing somewhere like a chicago public schools teachers have been teaching without a contract for like a ticker so many days yeah it might have been like a post or i might have literally been on ctu's website and been like on ctu's ctu's it was but I don't remember if that's where I first saw it and beca- and it became real for me. It might have been like the someone fact that we didn't have it. a contract and that we were like working without a contract. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's when it hit me. And then I was like, oh, man. And it had to be in like August or September. Um, and it, actually, it might have been like August because I remember right away at the beginning of that uh, like PD week. I was looking into becoming delegate because I was at a new school this year and I was like, okay, first things first, got to meet other teachers, got to meet the delegate. And I met the the delegate and she was like, Emily, Emily was like, yeah, I, I don't know if I can do it this year. Oh no. And I was like, I can do it. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. And that's when it got real because I was like. Once you decided to be the delegate, I was like, I need to get informed. And then I was like, yeah, we're going to go on strike, aren't we? Mm -hmm. See, that's the same thing that I had, except it happened for me when we had the all member meeting in August. You were sitting next to me. Do you remember? That was real, real. That was real. Oh, my God. They were talking about the strike. It was packed. There was so mm. many people there. Yes. And the like sitting, of it. sitting in the union hall. And then so like my school didn't have a delegate at the time. The delegate, oh. we had a delegate that went on leave and then there were interim delegates and the interim delegates had left. And so I was like, we were without a delegate and they were talking a travesty. in the meeting about communicating this information with your members and all this stuff and making sure everybody's informed and everything you had to do to make sure that everybody knew what was happening and i was sitting in that meeting and i was like i'm the only person here from my school yup i just had a moment like it's me mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that was it's, i mean same it's going to be me i am taking it's on this responsibility i am going to do this and i like decided in that moment that i was gonna like do everything i could to like i don't know make sure that my school had a voice Mm -hmm. in the fight which is i think what i was most concerned about i just felt like so much was going on at our school and we just i i couldn't sit there and know that like our school needed to have a voice and that like I couldn't just sit back and and hope that someone else stepped up. Like I just stepped up. So that was when the strike became real for me because I knew that I was taking on a leadership position in my school and that it mattered that I did it well. So that was when the anxiety set in. 
Like, for real. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, this is happening. I didn't feel that anxiety about being delegate. I think I I only felt it when I... um. When it became time to, like, when, oh, like, collecting the strike authorization votes, I think that's when it was real for me, because I was like, fuck, I gotta make sure that everybody gets their vote in, so that their yeah. opinion's heard, and yeah. I was like, I don't even know these people, like, because I was brand, I'm brand new at my school this year, and I decided to become delegate, which is mm, a crazy. knee slapper. <laughs> Yeah, people look at me like I'm insane, especially like teachers at my school. They're like, "Yo, when I but, well, actually, the te- teachers at my school don't look at me like I'm insane. They just look at me and they're like, "I'm, I'm so glad we they're have grateful you. For you. They're so grateful this for person me." Person showed up and decided to do this job nobody else wanted to do because it's yeah. real thankless. Like honestly, yeah. I mean, my staff thanked me, <laughs> which like was so sweet and so unexpected, but like. Most of the time, people are coming to you like, I have this problem. And they're like, also bad-mouthing the union. Like, the uh-huh. union doesn't do it. And you're just like, I'm the union, why are you bro. talking to me if, the, if you don't think the union does anything for you? You came to talk to your union delegate. This doesn't make sense. Anyway, that's besides the point. So, yeah, th- those moments are kind of, that was like the moment that became really real for me. And then, like, leading up to the strike, it was kind of just like a conversation and people kept asking me questions and I was just like I don't know I I felt like that first part of the year well partially I was teach because I was teaching a new subject on top of all that I was teaching I'm teaching a new subject I'm teaching math this year I've been teaching reading for the past two years um it's like teaching a new subject and trying to figure out how to teach a new subject and also figure out what the heck is going on with everything that has to do with being a union delegate was a lot sasha just scared me sasha is our cat so shout out to sasha she just crept up behind me and put her paws on me and like i just felt her tugging at me and i didn't know she was in the room so i kind of jumped a little all right you fine anyway so um sorry i also know that just like when in like talking to my students did you talk to your students leading up to the strike oh yeah all the time yeah i was very much like i want to keep you guys informed my babies are third graders yeah but they're awesome um so like me and the other teachers would talk to them about it my favorite thing like leading up to the strike was my students, whenever I wore red, they were like, oh, I know why you're wearing red. They're like, you're, you're fighting for better schools. And then they would like say, like, thank you. Thank you for wearing red. Oh my God, so I was like, oh my God, my babies. <laughs> I mean, that was all I was thinking about. Just like, we're going on the strike. We're doing it for us. We're doing it for the kids. And I know. Just like the responsibility mm-hmm. of what we were doing was exciting, but also nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd like to briefly cover some of my emotional journey at the beginning of the strike. Oh, girl. Um, oh, yeah. We're going we're going to talk about the actual strike now. So I, I took some notes. OK, you go ahead. 
and this my notes Mace, for this is May's strike reflection. Yes, go ahead. Um, my notes for in the beginning were surreal, denial, and anxiety sweats <laughs> because that's what it was like at the beginning. I remember thinking like, I mean, I knew what was happening. Um, there was like so many people who came up to me and they were like, "So, do you think we're going on strike? Like, do you th- what do you think the chances are? Like, fifty fifty? I was like." Nah, bro, like, 98%. (laughs) Yeah, when people came up to me and they're like, do you think we're going on strike? I was like, yes. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Get used to it. Save your money. (laughs) But at the same time, I was like, this is happening. And it was like, just, I was like, looking around, like, we're doing this? The anxiety of it, (laughs) for me, was just like, not knowing what was going to happen. Oh my god, I know. There's just no planning for it. And I mean, got you could plan for it, but you don't really know how it's going to go. No. Especially because this is our third year as teachers and we never been on strike. Yes, bro. And everybody kept saying, oh, in 2012, this happened. I was just like, I wasn't there. I don't know about it. Oh I my was god. like <laughs> in college. Yeah. <laughs> I was definitely just still learning how to be a teacher oh and here's another irony for you i was in college at uic which focuses very heavily on being a public education institution and social justice oriented social justice oriented and their whole teaching like departments are like focused on cps we were always stationed in cps schools we We specifically learned history about chicago public schools and the development of like education and the public education system and the disinvestment in the public education system in chicago like we learned about all this we did um and so in 2012 i was pretending to study psychology um (laughs) but i had like an ed 100 class that semester i believe and um i remember the 2012 strike being like a very tiny footnote like we barely talked it at all which is an epic failure on Mm -hmm. uic's part i believe and this time around they've also been very silent i don't think i was even in chicago in 2012 I, like, heard about the Chicago teacher's strike. But I was, like, back in Edwardsville, being a little depressed student <laughs> with no direction, trying to plot how I was going to get out of that racist white town. Maybe. Shout out to Edwardsville. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was figuring out life then. But, um, you know, here we are. But I'd like to negatively shout out UIC. And we're moving on. Girl! Um, UIC has its virtues, but also it's problematic like everybody else. Everything else, predominantly white institution, it's got its flaws. Yeah. They got to work on that. So those were my notes for the beginning of the strike. Um, I had mad anxiety that we wouldn't actually go, that we would take like some crap last minute deal. But we didn't get a crap deal yeah, worth taking, so we actually too. went. I thought there was going to be, like, a last minute. They okay, kept telling us, us it wouldn't happen. Yeah. And that's what I think made me think it would happen. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks so much for that, guys. I had a lot of distrust 
<laughs> at the beginning of the strike. I was like, these people don't know what they are doing. Which brings me to my next note. Oh my god. In the middle of the strike, my here's my note. Didn't know. I just literally didn't know what was happening. We barely knew what was happening like from one day to the next. And yeah. it was extremely anxiety inducing. And um I'm still I kind of know why that is, but I'm still like uh It was horrible to experience like even if you understood the reasoning behind it to be in that state of not knowing what you were going to do literally the next day or even in a few hours like you find out at like eight or nine at night what you're gonna do the next day and like have to plan how to logistically execute that and being like a new leader, an inexperienced leader, I know, was like okay. <laughs> so this was also like because I feel of, like people that were on strike in 2012, they were more prepared for that. They knew it was coming. Yeah, they showed up on day one in their like their layers, and someone brought like a a frying pan and a spoon and like walk around and make noise, and I was like cool 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 yeah i feel like as the strike went on i got better at being on strike Uh uh-huh but like oh getting up that first day to get to school by 6 30 getting up at like five on that first day oh the anxiety was horrible Uh uh-huh and then driving to work when it was that's what I remember about the first day of strike. Yeah. I was like, I'm driving to work and it is dark. Mm-hmm. It is so early. It was out before the sun. Yeah. Every day. Watch- it was kind of cool watching the sunrise with coworkers. I'm not going to lie. But also really weird. Mm. I have no fuzzy feelings about that experience. I just like watching the sunrise and set. I. <laughs> You're like, yeah, watching the sunrise. I'm just like, I can miss that. I like watching the sunset. Yeah, I never see the sunrise because I'm always asleep. But when I do see it, I'm like, sleeping mm, is great. I appreciate you, you know? Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, So, I mean, once get, once we were into the strike, it was like, oh, my God. I'm still processing uh-huh. what even happened. I cannot remember what days things happened on. The timeline of events is all mixed up. Like, strike brain is real. Uh-huh. Because you're, like, getting up at 5 in the morning. You're going to pick it at 6.30 to 10.30. You're making decisions about where your people are going to go and what you're going to do in the afternoon. Yes. And then... You know, there were like meetings because we're part of the Latinx caucus. And then I teamed up with other teachers from the Southwest side to do some mm-hmm. things and um, doing all of that. And then going to rallies every day in the afternoon and really trying to show up and be like part of this fight and learn as much as you can and collaborate with people as, as much as you can. And really like, uh, I just... I don't know. I was really just trying to to take on um, as much as I could because I wanted to give as much as I could to to our fight and our collective fight. And I told myself at the beginning, like, this is not going to happen for forever. Like, give it your all and and let it be what it is. And I feel like, you know, if we're going to talk into 
talk about positive or inspiring moments, like just for myself, how I just decided to show up and was able to do it despite not wanting to get up in the morning, despite having like insane anxiety (laughs) at every step, like more anxiety than I've ever experienced in other parts of my life. Um, yeah, it was very like the difficult. things that we were able to accomplish, like together and independently. I feel like I'm really proud of those things. I mean, I wrote a freaking book with some other teachers. That was absolutely dope. Yeah, let's just move on to talking about our it's joyful, positive moments. So, like, uh, me and some of the Southwest side teachers got together. I think it was the first week of the strike. Oh, my God. Was it? It was on a Monday, I think. So we got together on a Monday in between picketing and the afternoon rally. And we were just talking about um, kind of with, like, guidance from leadership. But we were just talking about things that we could do to bring attention to the hypocrisy when it came to, like, funding for Chicago public schools Mm -hmm. and funding in the city. So we specifically, you know, kind of landed on TIF funds. TIF funds always come up when we talk about funding public education because TIF funds are property tax money. And they're supposed to be spent to, like, I mean, they're supposed to be sent, spent on, on public things for the public good. Yeah. Like schools and infrastructure and things in areas that are struggling. So whenever we talk about public education, TIF funds come up. So anyway, we decided to plan this action around TIF funds. And I don't even know how the conversation got into, let's write this book. But we kind of landed on this idea of like creating a classroom and um, sitting down to do like a read aloud at a site of that was like receiving TIF funds. Mm. And originally we were gonna do it at Navy Pier because Navy Pier received a lot of TIF funds from the city. How much? Um, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but um, we don't need to get into specifics. Like if you wanna get into the specifics of TIF funds, I did a whole bunch of research. I know more about TIF funds than I ever expected to know. But um, so anyway, we, we had this idea like we're gonna set up this classroom at the site where, you know, TIF funds are being spent because that money should be spent on schools. So, you know, we're going to, like, be a presence in a place where, like, if you're going to spend the money that should be spent on schools on this, well, then we're going to have our classroom at this spot. So we came up with this idea that we would have, like, this, this read aloud because, to me, like, one of the sort images that I get when I think of classroom, when I think of teaching, is, like, that teacher and the kids Mm -hmm. sitting on the carpet and you having like a conversation like that is like a quintessential teaching image so we thought that would be really powerful so it evolved a lot but eventually we were like okay we're gonna write a book and so we based it off of um I forget the author's name it's e something we based it off the book are you my mother Mm -hmm. um and we decided to call it are you my mayor And it evolved into this story of like this little black girl who goes to the suburbs and um, she she learns about all the things that her cousin has, all the resources that he has, like a nurse every day, a social worker to talk to um, or um, school counselor and the librarian. So it evolved into like 
Um, so she finds out her cousin has all these things at her school and she has this question of like, why doesn't that happen in my school? Um, and so she go goes back to the city and she decides that she's going to figure out why her school doesn't have these things. So she asks her teacher, you know, why don't we have these things? Why don't we have a school nurse? Why don't we have a librarian? Why don't we have a school counselor? And her teacher kind of tells her, well, the mayor says we don't have money for these things. And so Jayla goes in search of like the TIF funds that could be funding her school. So she goes in search of the mayor to ask her to spend these TIF funds on her school. I cried when she read this story. <laughs> like I was weeping. It's such a good little oh story. God, like the story is the whole again. idea was that we're gonna write this fictional story that has this happy ending because at the end she she gets the she gets to see the mayor and she gets to talk to the mayor and the mayor is like of course you deserve these things and i mean it's really an aspirational story it was unfortunately fictional but like it's kind of one of those we we wrote it to like really highlight how you could fundamentally change the public education system by just having different priorities mm -hmm. like you could prioritize the needs of this little black girl that goes to chicago public schools over spending money to beautify navy pier or over spending money to build lincoln yards which is like this wealthy this like housing development for like wealthy people that's in lincoln park how lincoln park qualifies as a blighted area is beyond me i mean there's a lot of things going on in chicago that just aren't right <laughs> so we wrote this book to like highlight one piece of that and i'm like so proud of the people that came together to work on it like the people that worked on writing it the, the i mean we wrote and illustrated a children's book about tiff funds in like three days and then I was standing in front of Related Midwest reading this book in front of news cameras and a group of teachers and some students and it was like really beautiful and really like inspiring just mm -hmm. like the things that we create this thing that we created together and came together and like made it happen like that was one of the moments in the strike where I felt like wow we're like really doing something yeah and I'd like to point out that when she says over the course of three days, like, so we live together. So, like, I heard about it on, like, day one. And then, like, on day three, we were literally walking towards, like, related Midwest. Yeah. And we were reading it. <laughs> like, we we went to um the Chicago Teacher Store to get it, like, the pages laminated. Oh, my God. So, big shout out to Chicago Teacher Store. Yes, they, they laminated were, that yeah. for us. Oh, that was so great. I yeah. mean, it was discounted. Discounted lamination. Shout out. I mean, Chicago Teacher Store is dope. And they let us stand in the store. We're literally putting the book together. Like maniacs. In the teacher's store. I was like, can I use your hole punch? Do you have this? Can oh I use God, this? Yeah. Oh, my God. They were like. That was insane. Were, yes. And I was like cutting them out. I was cutting out the <laughs> lamination, like throwing the pieces of the lamination on the floor. <laughs> and I'm just like, I was I don't know. I was being super like bitchy to you and was like, do this. No, that's not how I wanted that. And, da, da, da. and I was oh, like yeah. losing my mind. I was so anxious going okay. to that stinking action. Oh my goodness. It was. Insane. We literally had like 
15 minutes maybe to laminate it and cut it and put it together no maybe like 20-25 yeah total yeah and if you've ever excuse me laminated anything you know it takes some time oh it was crazy just to go through that they were machine. like laminating the pages and as they were coming out i was just like cutting them apart and then throwing them on the floor and then your was that your coworker? yeah Emily. she was like trimming the edges oh, it was great and then i don't know i think i had you hole punching oh you were hole punching through the lamination and yeah. i was like gotta put them in order and i like really really had to pee i like they wouldn't Ran let us off. go to the bathroom in the teacher's store i had to like walk down the street to go to the bathroom and this really nice lady that was like working in this like wine shop let me use their bathroom Ugh. it was i was like sleep deprived it was horrible it was horrible but the end result was amazing. It was beautiful, yeah. <laughs> it was this really beautiful end result. The lead up to it was very not glamorous. No. That's what I learned mostly in this strike, that, like, all of these actions that happen, protests and things, like, the end result is all nice. And the lead up to it is insane. Yeah. Every minute of it. Oh, my God. Anyway, so that was, like, a crazy and awesome moment in the strike. And then, of course, I had, like, a whole mental breakdown after it. I was like, I talked to reporters, and I don't know what I said. And I... It was fine. Felt, I felt really, really dumb. It was fine. But also, I don't know. I was just having a moment. Yeah, you I were. just had to calm down. <laughs> Honestly. Um, Did something else happen that day? Oh, we went to civil disobedience training that day. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Yeah. Um. So, that's a very big, very important... Mo- a moment yeah that was uh, my inspiring joyful positive moment just like the collaboration of those teachers and like the end result of that action and also <laughs> the fact that you were like really like there for me in my insane moments because <laughs> i was acting like real crazy but it was okay it was fine yeah um, so yeah what, what what was your like what moment stands out to you during the strike um oh i have a moment um well there's a couple moments there's one that i said would be a secret um i'm gonna get to that so my probably inspiring moment from the strike was um Learning how to lead, I guess. It was probably one of my first, like, official leadership positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that I was leading people through something I'd never done before. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it worked out. I was very, very nervous about it all the time. And I was just, like, like, really barely making it sometimes but um there were a lot of days i was late because i was just like i can't get out of bed i'm so tired yeah like i was i was looking through at my journal mm-hmm. and literally i have an entry from um where is it it's right that's here. one thing i didn't do during the strike i did not journal i had to force myself to so my brain was like so full of things i felt like if i tried to write them down i would like lose it so here's a couple i'm gonna share a couple of journal entries okay cool october 15 2019 so we're going on strike <laughs> next entry 
1 a.m. October 20th, 2019. We went on strike Thursday and Friday. <laughs> this is all very hard. I'm hopeful we have to make this happen. The city has been suffering for far too long. Um, and then I have like a personal note. And like that's just kind of the whole... That's just it in summary. Yeah. Um, that first day, that for, well, the night before, that was your journal entry, entry is literally me. So we're going on strike tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it's, it feels absurd. Yeah. In some ways, but also people have been going on strike for decades. Yeah. I mean, it's a thing. It's but it important. It's also. It's a muscle, as some would say. It's a what? A muscle. Oh, really? We're strengthening our strike muscles? Yeah. It's the fact a muscle. that we even Flex have to it. go on strike for the things that we went on strike for is insane. It is. It is insane. I think that's the reason that. that it felt absurd. I, I was heard. like, we are really going on strike yes. to ask for a nurse, a guaranteed nurse every day. I heard somebody say that one of the things they were striking to win before was air conditioners. And I was like, because I, I remembered for basic things that wasn't it wasn't it a really big thing for teachers in like I think Oklahoma where I remember seeing it all over the news yes. all of a sudden where they were like I'm teaching in a hundred degree weather in yes. my classroom and I was like what the fuck <laughs> I would not be I would be home uh, but then I was like no me? I wouldn't oh my god no I would have to be there teaching because it's my job could you imagine dealing with your students the in most. that heat the way that you would like be like if you don't leave me alone i am hot no I'm, I'm no deal with heat, not dealing no. with you nope <laughs> i would be like okay we're gonna go outside and hit each other with water balloons if you guys are good oh okay, yeah cool. every day it's a water balloon every fight day. are you kidding me yeah so yeah, that was that was it. Siren um, was awesome. The other, I think, inspiring moment was that I was brand new in my school this year, and I really watched like everyone come together, and we. I had the same experience. We had a lot of planning time. Yeah. It was the probably the first time all year that we had common planning time across grade levels, mm -hmm. which is something that you know CPS is always talking about us doing. But yet they don't give us the time during the day. Yeah, they in always fact, talk they, about how beneficial it is to have barely gave us planning time. They barely give us collaborative planning time in I'm grade sorry, level. They don't. <laughs> you know, it's in the schedule, but then when your prep is canceled all the time, your one and only preparation period is canceled all the time, yeah. and you have to take all your work home. You know, it's hard to take your coworkers home to plan with them. Yeah, I, I will say you in my school, they period. actually did a pretty good job. They made sure that in our grade bands, we have common prep time. But, you know, people, it's also not enough prep time. So people spend their prep time doing things that they need to prep for their classroom. And like, if you that's get it. to collaborate, that's like and icing peeing. on the cake. Yeah. But like in your prep time, you're like rushing to pee, pee email, make copies answer emails fix your chronos hydrate yeah maybe grade a paper to call a parent that call you really need to call because their kid did something like egregious level egregious <laughs> yeah so um 
Yeah, but yeah, having that time to just talk with my teachers, like there were days that we we did check in because I do check in in my classroom. So then I made my teachers check in on the on the picket line, Mm. and it was actually really great to just listen to what they had to say and the things that they cared about and the things that they were struggling with and. Um, I feel like it got us kind of all on the same page where we were actually able to discuss how we were feeling, what we were fighting for, mm-hmm. what our like common beliefs were, what our shared beliefs were, was, I mean, something that came out of that that was also unexpected. Like, I didn't really even expect them to want to do it, but the fact that they opened up in that moment was really like a powerful moment for me, too. Um, Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, um, I kind of want to leave that on a positive note. Can we go to like just what we learned? Yeah, I'd like to point out one more positive note because I don't think I got to the okay, this time around. And that's that um, there are a lot of people who stepped up to bring positive energy and creativity to this movement. Yeah. That I didn't think would because I had heard them, um, you know, voicing disdain before for the possibility of us going on strike i was like well they're not gonna be there you know but then they were there yeah and they made it great like um tiffany who was like let's put on some britney spears and dance because it's cold and it's <laughs> 8 a.m and we've been on the picket line for an hour and a half and yeah. time to move around I yeah. was like, you know, yeah, you're right. Let's do it. I will say, uh, I while you were talking, I thought of one other huge moment. So, like, you weren't you weren't there for the action, but when we decided to go occupy the should lobby, should we talk about that or should we table it for later? I think want, we should keep it really short. Okay, let's let's that could let's be a let that be thing. another episode. Maybe but, we can have a guest. Yeah, I just want to say <laughs> so. Thinking ahead. So listeners don't think we're completely ignoring it. Um, over the course of this strike, there were nine teachers who were arrested um, to in an act of civil disobedience. To um, that was an intense moment. That was an intense moment, and, and the weird. fact that the strike ended literally the next day. Let's, just, let's talk about the power of so many. Mm. Yeah, the power of that moment was insane. So big shout out to the CTU nine. You guys are incredible, and we, we love, I love you. Um, I love you, as you know, the boils would say. Oh my gosh. Um, and you know, I I want to table this for now because we could literally spend the whole episode. I on mean, yeah, I mean that and was that day that day was you know we weren't um, yeah there are going to be a lot of details that come up later but um for now let's talk about what we learned what did you learn overall how to lead i guess same um, that's what i was gonna say tips and tricks for leading and you know here's one i'll share sometimes you will have people who don't want to do things and they'll be like oh no i'm not gonna do that but they'll just go along with it when they see other people on the train mm-hmm. so d- when you're trying to get your group to do something don't be worried by the people who are resistant because they will either get with it or they will be lost and that'll be on them yeah i found that i a lot of the times would like encourage people that i know are gonna be on board 
So it's not just me saying, let's do this thing. I'd be like, so um, I would, you know, talk to my little group. I'd be like, so this is what we're going to do. I know that people are probably going to be like, I don't know if I want to do that, but I need y'all to speak up and be like, and support this idea that I have. Mm -hmm. And I mean, looking for that feedback because sometimes I had suggestions and I just had my like team of teachers that I could bring those suggestions to and get ideas before I presented it to the rest of the group, which was really helpful as someone that's like leading for the first time. I feel like what I learned over the strike was just that I have the capacity to be a leader and that I can be a leader in the way that I want to be, which is a very collaborative leader, someone that's like taking the input of the people that a good no better than i do frankly i'm only a third year teacher like i'm out here flailing <laughs> you know and there were teachers that were on my team that were just like it's okay we got this you go do that thing we'll handle mm-hmm. this here like people like stepped up and they like held me down and you know i could go do my insane things blessings and be like <laughs> you know, rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, <laughs> uh, out there in the streets hollering. And, you know, they really, they, they held me down. They're like kind of the bridge between my youthful energy and the, the people that were like, nah, fam, that's too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause you know, you need everybody. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So I feel like I learned just that I have the capacity to be a leader and be a, a stellar leader. A Not to like brag on myself, stellar. but like no, to brag on myself. I did that. You did. You did that. We did that. We like, did dang. That. If y'all could have been a fly on the wall in this house, we were working. <laughs> Let me tell you. The state of the apartment was atrocious. <laughs> the we state literally of the apartment, the no state of my energy. trunk man it was ridiculous we had no time or energy for anything but picketing going to the rallies i mean we left the house Chicago. at like 5 five thirty in the morning and, and then back came at back at like, at like eight did oh, more work i mean eight was early we did yeah. more things before we went to bed and then did it all again the next day walking oh, all days. up and down freaking michigan avenue hollering about ct who and <laughs> everywhere we go <laughs> people want to know oh those stinking chants that were stuck in my head every day i, I was like oh my god i couldn't listen to music will i ever like... will they ever leave my brain yes so oh the strike was a lot time anyway time. so i mean now we are thank god done with the strike we're like moving on to ratifying our tentative agreement yes just happening this week yes what are your predictions what are your hopes going forward how do you feel about your i don't know your potential growth so you know i what the hell are we doing now 
I'm going to say this. In the beginning, I was very mad about this TA or tentative agreement. When you mean in the beginning, you're talking about when that it was day first. that we voted to end the strike? Yeah. Okay. That was hella angry. I'm going to set my jaw. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to relax it. We were that was something. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. And that's a lie. <laughs> Can um, you just I was say very what you angry. want to say? I was very angry. And then I moved past it because I realized once I was back at work, I realized I was like, you know, there's a lot more shit that we got to do mm-hmm. that has been waiting like on the stove burner off while I've been gone. Um, like there's a lot of change that needs to go that needs to be put forth in my school, your school, everybody's school. Same. Yeah. And um, while we were ma- making waves in the streets to get the power to make that change happen, um, we can't make that change in the school until we're back in the school. That's the long story short. So yeah. as soon as we come back, I was like, all right, going to give everyone a few days to adjust. And then uh, getting my professional problems committee rolling, like doing the stuff that we need to do to make sure um that the contracts being upheld in the schools and that teachers have voice and power in the schools um that's the work i'm doing now so i'm really eager to move forward with that and um also looking forward to helping teachers get elected um yeah we're definitely being more politically involved and oh yeah polit- politically aware like with our local politics that's the next ain't way i'm talking about the national the politics because no, lo- national local politics, politics are jacked local politics are what affect your life the most yes going forward we're fighting for an elected school board which mm-hmm. will make a huge difference call your senator yes in our uh, specifically your senator yeah They're our the ones experiences as, as public educators in chicago an elected school board would be life-changing. We are the only district in, in Illinois that does not have an elected school board. And that is BS. Because uh-huh. then we have to go begging the mayor to freaking fund our schools. Yeah. That's also, like, where the strike is, like, our only outlet. Like, yeah. bargaining is our only outlet to try and push for change in schools. Because there's a lot that goes on in CPS and has been going on in CPS for decades. That it's historical. Like, is disgusting and discriminatory. Ridiculously unjust. Inequality just running rampant. It's like institutionalized racism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which reproduces inequality. Just throwing words into your statements. <laughs> they fit though. It's like yeah. we're mad living. Yeah. Um, so I mean, but it makes sense. An elected school board is definitely a major fight that's coming up. Um, obviously, the strike was a huge, a huge thing that was part of our our fight. Um, but I feel like the strike, even though we didn't win everything that we wanted we laid the foundations for some really good foundations for fights in the future especially yeah. when it comes to restoring our bargaining rights mm-hmm. so for those of you that don't know there's an illinois state law that doesn't 
that basically says that Chicago public school teachers can't go on strike over anything but our wages and benefits. So we can't go on strike over class size. We can't go on strike over staffing. That we can't go on strike on a lot of things that we <laughs> went on strike over. And we won. Yeah, and we, we won those things. And that is huge. Yeah, It took some time and some perspective for me to acknowledge how huge that was mm-hmm. and celebrate how huge that was but that's kind of where i am right now i'm looking at what we won how huge it was that we won those things given the circumstances yes and how um that fight that 11 day fight what we gave up what we sacrificed the energy that we spent how it was worth it for the things that we got and really it's more about it it wasn't about what we won in the contract. It was that we were setting up for the fights that are going to continue. Yeah. The fights for um, us to be represented. The fights for our students to have the staff they need. Yes. Um, and, I mean, even in our individual schools, really, like, empowering people to say, we have to come together to to enforce this contract like this yes. this contract means nothing if we are not united and i feel like the strike helped unite us yes and get a lot of people on the same page and that's what i appreciate about the experience what i look to when i think about what we won from the strike it's like beyond the contract yeah um i'd like to point out that um Legally, we can only go on strike for wages and benefits. Yeah, and so we just basically that was illegally went on strike. Mm, that was, um, although that was one thing we said we were going on strike for, right? We said we were going on strike for five percent per year for three years, and the city was willing to offer us sixteen over five years, which is a lot less. We did not win the pay raise that we were on strike for. We kept the one they offered us. And the yeah. amount of time we went on strike, minus the days of instruction that are added yeah, to the not, calendar to make up. We're not making up six of those days. We're not making up six of the 11 days. We're only making up five, which means that we are losing six days worth of pay, which means that essentially we are losing all of the money that we have gained for ourselves this year. Yeah. We're getting paid the exactly, basically the same amount as last year. Um, yeah. So when we talk about people, sacrifices, teachers sacrificed a lot. For all the people who wanted to say that we were greedy for being on strike and that we had, we should need to go back to work. Um, first of all, fuck you. Dang me. And your ugly face. Dang. And your ugly heart. Um, and. We literally are not getting any more money out of this. <laughs> We're literally getting... You could not be more wrong. I mean, it is a cost of living raise. That's something that everyone should be it. getting every year. Which, So if anything... W- we're making it's less a cost now. of living increase it's not even a salary raise yeah, it's not it's not a raise so when people are like there are people out there who are like teachers sacrificed their raise it wasn't a raise we sacrificed our cost of living adjustment i don't even want to talk about these people which means our pockets are going to hurt a little bit more this year yay so if you see a teacher please give them some money you oh know, my god <laughs> just saying we need it we're poor moving on oh my gosh 
Um, on that note about people saying things about teachers, I wanted to discuss this article from the Sun-Times that came out, what was it, today? I'm going to be real with you. I didn't all the way read this article because the Sun-Times is absolutely trash. trash. Um, and has been, what, what was has with the, this was one thing that bothered me over the strike. They had all these articles. They like slandered us. Yes. I felt so attacked. I'm like literally out here missing my kids, fighting for the very soul of Chicago, like carrying around a sign that said justice for Chicago's future. And I meant that. Yes. And they are writing these articles talking about the teachers are being selfish. You won. Take the deal. All this stuff. I was like, no. I mean, the way that we were talked about in the press. No. That really hurt me. And mostly it made me angry because I feel like people have no clue. Like no perspective on what goes on in these school buildings. Spend one day in one of those school buildings. Listen to the teachers talk about their students. Listen to them talk about the things that they need, the things that they don't have, because somebody decided it was cool to like pull money out of the Chicago public schools budget and go spend it on whatever the heck you decide is important Mm -hmm. and leave my kids like begging for scraps and me begging for scraps the disrespect was so real i was like livid yeah as a how how are you person that surely does not send your kids to public schools in this city Writing about a bunch of teachers that are literally fighting for their kids to have basic things that you would never begrudge your kids. School librarians. Counselor. Are you kidding me? I was honestly so livid throughout this whole strike. Basic access to professionals that ensure a healthy wholesome upbringing when you will grow into a confident capable adult like that's what chicago has been lacking and they demonize look us at the for state fighting of the for city that. and are like what's so wrong with chicago this this this, this. right here that's what's wrong with chicago you're what's wrong this disgusting disinvestment in the people of chicago the black and the brown people of Chicago. I feel like we did not say enough that that this mess was racist. Racist as hell. Racist and sexist. Yes. Yes. Like, let's just call it what it is. Yes. Spade to spade. You don't want to give the teachers what they're asking for. You don't believe in what they're doing. You don't want to let them Mm. have control over their own destiny. Mm -mm Mm-mm. Because of some patronizing BS. Because you think teachers are sitting around shooting the breeze. And we don't know what we're, we don't know our ass from our, our, what is the saying? You don't know your ass from your something? Girl, I There's don't a know. saying. I know what you're talking about, but I've used that one, so I don't know. All right. Anyway, but like, 
treated them as like we don't know anything about what it means to be a teacher. I am a college educated woman. Excuse me. Yeah. How are you going to tell me? I went to school for this. Yes. I am still in thousands of dollars of debt behind this. I chose this. And you going to tell me how to be a teacher? Mm. You going to tell me what's best for my students? Mm. You going to tell me? I don't know what I'm talking about. Baby. <laughs> Charles Boyle Charles says, Boyle baby, says, when he's baby, mad, when baby. He's mad, baby. <laughs> <sighs> uh i was so angry <laughs> honestly the whole entire time like i was anxious i was yeah i'm not sad laughing but i was more than anything angry yeah oh i was so angry the whole time righteous know. anger though yeah i like i don't apologize for my anger no. at all no it was a manifestation I was of pissed. like despair Yes. The situation that we're in, the situation that our babies are in and have oh been in babies. and will continue to be in. Yo, the day so the day that, that um, fully. we went to uh-huh. the day that we went to Sterling Bay mm. after those nine teachers got arrested, some kid from like Columbia College was wanted to interview someone like for their newspaper. Uh-huh. And he like the the people that were there were like, oh, Yvette can do it, you know, because that's kind of how it becomes. Um, yes. And I started to talk to him, and he basically asked me like, why are you on strike? And I was like, I started crying, <laughs> which yeah. was the only time. Uh huh. No, not the only time. But it was the most prominent time that I, like, cried during the strike. Uh-huh. Because I was just, like, I'm out here. I'm fighting for my students because I believe in them. And I believe in their future. And I believe yes. in our future, like, yes. collectively in the future of this city. Like, when I say my students are the future of Chicago, that's not fluffy BS. Like, I believe that with my whole heart. Like when my when I explained to my kids why we were going on strike, they got it. They understood. And they were there with me. Yeah. My kids were like, I remember we had several conversations about it and one of them were like, So what do you what do you like? Do you like Takis and Gatorade? I'll <laughs> bring you Takis and Gatorade while you're out there so you can like, you know, be energized. Yeah. They wanted to care for us. Yeah. About it. It, was, it was so precious. I was like, I was oh, like, yes, And the yes, day I that the, the high school <laughs> students went downtown to City oh, Hall. Oh, my God. Watching that video of them in the in City Hall going, Lori, like, but get on the right foot. I was like, oh, they sound beautiful. They do. The babies. Oh. I hope she heard them. Yes. Hear them. Listen to the baby speak. They know what is right. Yeah, Lori. I celebrate my kids. I love them so much. They're great. Yeah. They are great. They're why we do this. Yes. 
Did we even talk about the Sun Times article? I, it wasn't even about that article specifically. It wasn't specifically. No, it was about. I just wanted to talk about the slander. Yeah. Although I will. I do want to say like How that. How dare they? There was a lot of that going on. But at the same time, like every person I talked to. Yes. Was overwhelmingly supportive. Yes. I had the whole the whole way from day one to day eleven, I had people. There were people out there who were like, "Keep fighting, be strong." You know, I hope you guys get everything everything that you're asking for. You yeah. deserve it. There, um, more than not, I heard people supporting us. There were people from out of town who like like there were some random teachers I talked to. I think from south dakota i don't know it was somewhere random i talked to some teachers from they minnesota we, we met them at the thompson center i thought um, they were i think they were from minnesota maybe it was somewhere over in that yeah direction um but they were like oh we're we happen to be in town to visit and then we heard the strike was going on and we just we knew we had to come here to yeah. like see you because you guys are so motivating and that was amazing and i got like um i got support from teachers all over the country like they were mostly the people who um sent money for like Mm -hmm. um strike funds because i kind of put a blast like hey we're going on strike if any support you can help would be appreciated yeah lots of Um, people financially supported they sent their support on twitter online they i mean the teachers unions Mm -hmm. across the nation that showed their support that was amazing oh yeah i mean the the support that we got was awesome and, and it, it wasn't just teachers too that was the great thing it was like random people too yeah like there was someone i met who was in town visiting friends who lives in new york and he brought myself and my teachers at my school um like coffee and donuts and hot chocolate he was like hey whatever you guys need yeah i want to make sure i can i can support as much as i can while i'm here i know this is like like he knew that i was like the best way to do it is to show up and yeah Give all the people that care. brought food that oh brought snacks so that people. sent their support online that let teachers use their bathrooms like mm-hmm. everybody kind of came together and i mean it's like one of those things that kind of refor- restores your faith in the world <laughs> yeah they were all <laughs> not to sound too cliche but right and i mean the fact that we're teachers puts us in like a position because you know, everybody had teachers growing up in whatever capacity. Like, yeah. if you if you get it, you get it. Yeah. Um, everyone who supported along the way was a really important fi- part of this fight. Yeah. So, big, beautiful hug to all of you. Yeah, that was awesome. It was awesome and frustrating and, like, a lot of crazy emotions all at once. All right. So, moving on. Our next segment is... What should we... Well, I mean, at, at this point, like, so the strike is over. Um... We're going into ratifying the contract. That vote is happening this week. Those are, like, things that are coming up. Um, but we wanted to, like, take a moment in this podcast to just, like, if there is 
kind of like stories from the classroom or like funny things that happened or things your kids said yes this week so this is story in recent memory or stuff students say <laughs> um and i would like to share first okay you go first so the story i'd like to share today and um i'm going to change her name to jay when we talk about this a student i had last year um i think she was i think she stayed with me for a recess or something um with a couple other kids because it was like a sm- very small group setting it was very quiet i remember in the classroom um so we were talking get to the book of the story girl i love you so much i like to set uh, the the scene so much set up oh, okay i'll be quiet um you got it you good so i remember she was talking and i was talking and um she asked something about like um so part of being a single woman who's a teacher is that your students are very nosy about the fact that you're not wearing a wedding ring and that always. your name is Miss, not Mrs. So they're always asking me, you know, are you married? Do you have kids? Do you have a boyfriend? And last year, the answer to all of those was no. And this particular student, Jay, um, was like prying and she was like, well, why not you know there's like nothing wrong with you like (laughs) are you like dating and i was like no and she said well why not and i remember saying well i'm i'm happy with how my life is now like i don't need anyone in my life like to be happy Mm -hmm. and i remember she was like okay but what about don't you ever just want to cuddle up on someone? <laughs> and that oh, babies. That stuck with me for a very long time. See, um, she understands and, cuddles are needed. Yeah. Cuddles and are important. That hit me so hard. I was like, <laughs> damn. And then I actually started dating again about a month later. And you got a boyfriend. <clears throat> a whole boyfriend. It's oh. If you hear the background noise, that's the cat feeder. We're so sorry. We're cat ladies. Yes. Straight cat ladies. So that's my story time. Um, I miss that student. I'm in a different school now. Babies. I don't really have a story. I will just say I have. So, like, we're supposed to submit attendance every morning. Uh Uh-huh obviously i hate submitting attendance i always forget but we have students that come around and collect the folders and these particular students whenever they come to my classroom i first of all when i see them i go oh the attendance (laughs) and there have been a couple of times that i did the attendance wrong and like so these are my students so like they're usually in the classroom when the office calls and it's like, uh, Miss McCaskill, you mark this student present and uh, they're absent, blah, 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 or whatever. So the kids know that Miss McCaskill doesn't always do the attendance right. It happens. <laughs> and so whenever if they come and pick up don't. the attendance in the morning, now they say, 
make sure you do it right. <laughs> They're like, keep me in check. They're like, and I was just like, yes, I know. I know. I got it. I got it. <laughs> no. And so we have this little banter every morning about whether I'm doing the attendance right. And if I made a mistake and I, just, I love my kids, they keep me in check for real. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah. Especially like that you have the humility for that. Because I certainly would be like listen honestly whenever i make mistakes <laughs> so like if i misspell a word on the board that the date is wrong when the kids point it out i'm just like or if i notice it before the kids notice it i always say guys i misspelled that word nobody was gonna tell me you just had me out here looking ridiculous misspelling words on the board if the principal had walked in she would think i was dumb like you guys have to help me out yeah so i like to talk to my kids like that because i'm just like people make mistakes it's not a big deal yeah, that's how I treat my mistakes. But if it was like a thing like that where I'm regularly being reminded of my screw up, I'd be like, oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> they never let it go. I haven't messed up the attendance in like since we've come back. I haven't messed up the attendance, but they still say it. I don't yeah. care. They're so cute. Great. Beautiful. I love them. Anyway, great story. <sighs> so. This is where we're going to wrap up the podcast. Um, we discussed having like a final segment or it might show up at a different point in the uh -huh. episode. You know, if anybody actually wants to talk to us. Um, but this segment is tentatively named uh, Turn and Talk. If you're a teacher, you know what that is. Um, so we have um, an email address where you can send questions or respond to the conversation or anything that you would like to add you know if there are things that you know sparked like thoughts for you mm -hmm. or reflections for you you can share those with us and we might just read them aloud in our little podcast section segment that we like to call turn and talk so that email address is pedagogy of the depressed pod at gmail.com yes and i'd like to say that it doesn't have to be teacher related like if you have a question about our cat life or whatever oh yeah you, you can totally ask about, about our cats cat, or like or if you want to know share a story about your classroom that'd be that'd be great too Ooh, we could um, do story time yeah submitted yeah. stories we'll just, do them anonymous if you want to yeah change big. names yeah, just let us know. Um, so yeah, once again, the email is pedagogy of the depressed pod at gmail dot com, and we're looking forward to hearing from you. And do you have anything else you want to say? No. Me? Um, oh yes, I want to say thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks, listener. <laughs> You're the best. I. I'm going to head out. I... <laughs>